Welcome everyone to Dr. John Bedker's Leadership Podcast, the podcast focused on leadership. The episode will begin shortly. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Dr. John Bedker Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, John Bedker. Well, we're at quite a time in our world, our turbulent world. We have a war footing, not only with the Russia-Ukraine war going on, but now currently an additional war footing, the Israeli-Hamas war. There's also very real potential for China, perhaps to invade Taiwan. Actors around the world, globally, are poised to take a side in any one or all of these crises or potential crises and to support one or more of them. They are each and every one geopolitically significant crises or potential crises. And if one of these further develops, it's possible that other events could emerge. So, truly a turbulent time in our world, a time when leaders and leadership could not be more important. Well, let's ask the critical questions right up front. What does a leader do in these circumstances? What should a world leader do in these circumstances? Because what we're confronted with is a couple of very clear and distinct alternatives. It is the forces of evil versus the forces of good. It really and truly is that. Framed in another way in the context of the United States, it's the forces of populism, white nationalism, Christian nationalism in the United States, seeking to change that very fundamental belief and understanding, we, the people, to me and my. To advance anti-Semitism, to spew misinformation, disinformation, and yes, lying in the name of freedom of speech. Wow. Leadership, leadership, leadership. We need it so much. Each and every one of these things globally and nationally that I have mentioned are absolutely inconsistent with effective leadership. Advancing forces of evil, not the kind of leadership that we want to advance. These nationalistic, populistic movements in the United States, be they religious-founded, ethnic-founded, whatever, are not consistent with the type of leadership we want to and need to advance. Our country in our world is at many critical junctures and we need to ask ourselves where our leadership, and I'm going to talk today about the United States Congress. Where is the United States Congress in these many crises and potential crises? Without a leader, that's the simple answer, without a leader without a Speaker of the House of Representatives. And there is an individual attempting to take that seat, to advance 
himself to Speaker of the House, the leader of the U.S. Congress. His name, Jim Jordan. Now, in the last podcast, I spent some time talking about Congressman McCarthy and how he lost the speakership through ineptitude. I went at some length to describe absolute factual evidentiary details about that, which led him to that. Now, we have another person trying diligently to advance. As we record this today, we don't know the outcome. We know that yesterday he fell short, some 20 votes short. What will happen today? Vote has not yet been taken. We're not sure if it will be taken. The vote last night, in fact, was canceled. So we're unable to get to a position at the moment where we have a Speaker of the House of Representatives. Let's take a moment and talk about this person that would like that seat, because that's a seat of leadership. And we are all about that in this podcast. Let's talk about who he is, Jim Jordan. Well, it became a representative, a member of Congress, in the year 2007. He's a founding member of the right-wing House Freedom Caucus. This is an extreme right group, and he was one of the founding members. He was the ranking member on the House Oversight Committee, 2019 and 2020. He's the current chair of the House Judiciary Committee and the House Oversight Committee. So he's had lots of positions. He has managed to wield himself in such a way to gain these positions, important positions, significant positions. So, as we've often said, and I want to make this point from a leadership point of view, and and let's be clear, we're talking about leadership, not politics, although this is a body about politics, but we want to focus on what the leadership component is. Well, I've often said, and you need to make sure that you are aware, that we must have a relationship between responsibility and authority. With great authority, which these positions that Jim Jordan has ascended to over the years, with that authority comes great responsibility. How has he exercised that? Well, of course, the job of Congress is to govern, to help the American people, to serve the American people. How do you do that? Well, the simple answer is by passing bills, by passing legislation to help the American people. So here's the point to take away from this person who thinks that they should be in the highest position of leadership, Speaker of the House. Jim Jordan has never passed a bill signed into law. Holy cow. Yeah, let's try that one one more time. Jim Jordan has never passed a bill signed into law. So, authority, yes. Responsibility, 
Wow. Zero bills passed into law. Well, what do we know about him more currently? Let's talk about that. His current activities. Well, one, he is an election denier. He voted against certifying the election of President Joe Biden. In fact, in the events leading up to and following the election, he has been described as the as a met, by a metropolitan police officer under oath as an insurrectionist. He's a person that worked quite closely with that group that was all about the events leading up to and following January 6th, the attack on the Capitol. Some would call it a coup on our government. He was keenly involved. To that point, he was subpoenaed by the January 6th committee to come and testify, to tell his story, to hopefully exonerate himself, if that were possible, in an evidentiary way, in a factual way, so important for leaders. He chose to not respond, to not attend, to not testify. He completely avoided ever coming to speak to the January 6th commission and did so with a subpoena that he just refused to follow. Okay. While in his current position, he has sought to attempt a process to begin to impeach President Biden without charge and without evidence. Remember how important facts are, how important the truth is to a leader. Here's a person who's seeking a very serious process, impeachment, without actual charge and without actual evidence. Well, what's he doing currently? Well, currently, the news stories that's out there in the public media says that he's really in this bullying effort, uh, bullying his own Republican members to vote for him for speaker. And he will, in fact, in a sense, shame them by doing multiple attempts to get elected. He certainly didn't make it on the first one. Uh, the one last night was canceled. We'll see what happens today. But he is saying things like, if you do not vote for me, I will work to primary you, to, to put someone up against you so that you might lose your seat. His mantra goes like this. This is a quote from him. What, what unites us as a party is greater than what divides us. Well, here's a person with quite a track record. Um, what unites us as a party? Well, what unites us ought to be to help the American people. This is a guy who's never passed a bill into law. Is greater than what divides us. He's a founding member of this far-right, mega-extreme group. But now wants everyone to get on board with him. So, there's a little bit about the person currently running to replace Kevin McCarthy, the ousted Speaker of the House. This gives you... I think a word picture of the state of the leadership of the Republican Party in the United States. A Congress without a leader and one being presented is anything but a leader. It's kind of the opposite. 
So a real question is, will the House moderates, that might be a misnomer a little bit, but certainly the conservatives more in the middle than that far right group, will those people stand up? Will they, as we always ask in leadership, do the right thing? Well, so far the answer has been no, but hopefully, you have to have hope, hopefully they will. Well, time will tell. So let's talk about the other side. That's really the focus today, but I really needed to build that case for the person who wants that job. Since the Republicans are in the majority, it is a Republican who will get to have that job. Jim Jordan is the person who wants it. He is a person who does not have the votes presently. Again, we'll see what the future portends. So what about that other side, the Democratic Party? Well, it's led by House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries. It's from New York. It's a New York native. He's been a member of Congress since 2013. He has been described by many as a tireless advocate for social and economic justice. Wow, right there. When you go to that leadership thing, do the right thing. Wow, social justice, economic justice, those sound good. His understanding is we need to help the people from the bottom get up and the middle to expand. So bottom up, middle out. Again, from a leadership point of view, that sounds reasonable. Following this incredible pandemic that the whole world experienced, he believes in relief and support. There's still much to be done in that recovery, and he has supported that. He wants to reform our criminal justice system, protect health care rights for all. Now, these are all legislative initiatives that Hakeem Jeffries has advanced to become law, unlike Jim Jordan. He was born in 1970 in Crown Heights, New York. I'm going to spend some time, I've given that overview there, on the legislative initiatives that he has tried to advance in the U.S. Congress. Um, Let's talk about those just a little bit more in detail. Let me start with criminal justice. This is Hakeem Jeffries. I'm going to tell you his position and what he has done legislatively. I'm not going to list every single bill, uh, but I encourage you to look. It's quite a lengthy list. Criminal justice. He believes the American people deserve a criminal justice system that's fair, that's effective, and that is compassionate. That seems reasonable from a leadership point of view. On the area of public safety, he believes that residents shouldn't have to worry about safety in their own home. Communities should never have to worry about being attacked due to their race, due to their religion, or due to their sexuality. He is an inclusive leader. I think that is a good thing. Housing. His position is every person in this country should have access to safe and dignified housing. From immigration to homelessness to the 
economic disparity of so many and wage inequality in our country, this issue of housing access is hugely important and he has advanced legislation in that regard. On the issues of energy and environment, he works on behalf of his district to create a clean energy. Communities across the world are on the front lines of climate crisis, and he believes that his area, Brooklyn, New York, is no exemption and has brought legislation to advance clean energy for his constituents. Think about that. Servant leadership, serving the people that elected him to office and that he represents. Let's talk about a big one, the economy, our workforce. Well, since President Biden came into office and he became the minority leader, uh, the former speaker, Nancy Pelosi, handing the baton, so to speak, to him, over 12.6 million jobs have been created. And the labor participation rate has bounced back to pre pandemic levels. That's not only a goal, but that's quite an accomplishment. Let's talk about another item, a little trickier perhaps, the issue of intellectual property. So what we need to do is understand that other countries, other actors may want to steal our property, fostering production and dissemination on their own of goods created here in the United States. Our marketplace, a very creative marketplace, we should benefit from. And he has advanced legislation for people that would like to steal our intellectual property for their own benefit to be brought to justice. Infrastructure and transit, uh, hugely important. Transportation and infrastructure, crucial public goods, connecting communities, serving citizens, and providing then economic growth. Hiring those people to fix those roads, build those bridges, develop that airport. These are good things, things a leader should do. Education, he believes, is the backbone. Every single child should have the opportunity to robustly pursue the American dream. Whatever kind and type of education, formal, informal, college, vocational, he is a supporter of people's benefit from gaining knowledge. And this big one, immigration, we have to reform this broken system that both sides own, right? This is a podcast about leadership, not politics. Both sides own this problem. And he recognizes that it's broken. He wants to create a pathway towards citizenship for the millions of undocumented, hardworking individuals who dream of becoming Americans. Folks, the data is clear. We need more people. We have 5 million open jobs, unfilled. And it's not just, oh, their people are there. They just don't want that job. No, there literally are not 
people to fill the jobs. So solving this immigration issue, which Hakeem Jeffries would like to begin a debate about and get legislation for, is key and critical as a leadership matter. Talk about senior citizens. They deserve a right to not only a secure retirement, but a safe retirement. We need to be respectful and show the proper dignity to our senior citizens who have dedicated their lives to their community, to their workplace, to their families. Hakeem Jeffries wants to invoke legislation to ensure that. And one near and dear here to my heart, the issue of veterans. Veterans deserve our deepest appreciation and respect for the sacrifices, and let me emphasize that, the sacrifices they make to protect us both at home and abroad, and not only them, but their families. That spouse, whoever they may be, those children, they also suffer, pay a price, contribute our part that needs our deepest appreciation for stepping up in the way that they do. This idea of giving tax breaks to the rich and then taking away veteran benefits, which the Republican Party has done, I can speak to this firsthand. I was shocked when I found out that my vision, my hearing, my dental, all 100% voted down by Republicans. And you've heard me talk about this before, but when I would ask my local Republican congressman, what are you going to do about this? And the answer is, oh, it was in an omnibus bill. I hate omnibus bills, so I'm going to vote that way again. I'm going to continue for you to not have those benefits. Well, folks, I'll tell you, as a veteran, that is completely unacceptable. We have to look at leaders who practice leadership by saying to our veterans, we appreciate your sacrifice and your service that you and your family gave to this country. So healthcare, talked about that a little bit. That's a big deal. Okay, so in deference to the gentleman running for the office, Jim Jordan, and he's a Republican, it has to be a Republican, they are the majority, we looked at the counterside today. We looked at the minority leader, Hakeem Jeffries. What did we see? We see a person who has a long history of advancing legislating to support the American people, to support the people of his district, to serve those that elected him. A couple things to close on. We can all learn in our leadership journeys. Listening. Not just to the words, but hearing what's being said. So important. When the Republicans were unable to have a Speaker of the House ousted their own and now have been unable for over two weeks to elect another, 
we have to ask ourselves, so what role could the Democrats play? And what Hakeem Jeffries did was sit down with his Democratic caucus, his Democratic colleagues, and said, tell me. And he listened. And what they arrived at was they would like to have a coalition. They would like to have a bipartisan deal. They're not going to get what they want precisely, but neither would the Republicans. And unfortunately, the Republican side says, no, my way or the highway. And that's where we are, the highway at the moment. So he listened and he is absolutely demonstrating exemplary leadership in my humble opinion. Why? Because he is a servant leader. He has heard the voices of his constituents. He has heard the voices of his colleagues in Congress. He has offered to help and help has been so far been rejected. We have a number of looming crises, certainly wars around the world and potential wars looming. But we have a budget deadline as well. And it's coming up in less than a month. We need a leader and we need leadership. Focus on leaders, focus on leadership and ask yourself if a person that's never passed a piece of legislation that became law is really that person that you want to lead. And if not, who is it? Find that person. If the Democrats would be willing to help, shouldn't you reach out? Would a leader do that? And the answer is absolutely yes. Not that either side is going to get what they want, and I do not want this to become politics. I want this to be an absolute study in leadership. That is the issue. Okay, everyone, that's it. Hope you all are doing well. I'm so grateful for you tuning in. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Thank you for tuning in to Dr. John Bedker's Leadership Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please tell your friends and, of course, please follow our podcast and subscribe. Thank you again for tuning in.